Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. of Third Eye with Lorelai. Welcome back to another weekend. Are we so excited? I know I'm excited to have have another weekend to do some fun stuff and obviously talk to you guys about all the amazing things that I've been reading about and discovering. And oh, by the way, it's another Sabbath. So obviously I'm going to be talking about that for, (laughs) for, for the topic. So Yes, that's right. The second Harvest Festival is coming up. And so I figured I should let you guys know all about that. But first, I want to talk about some amazing crystals that I've been looking at. So the first one I wanted to talk about was actually a gift to me. And this was sort of like an add-on to my original one that I was going to do because I figure, you know, if I'm gifted a crystal, I got to talk about it. Like it's sort of like the universe's way of saying, Hey, here you go. You're going to talk about this crystal with all of your friends on your podcast. So, so here we go. We're going to talk about Chantalite. So Chantalite is this really beautiful white stone that's kind of banded and it looks almost like an agate with how it's how it looks, but it's it's just it's so beautiful. It's very creamy in color. And so, you know, I didn't find a whole lot of main so from my main ones that I was talking to you guys about from my other crystals like Healing Crystals for You and Energy Muse and the Healing or the Crystal Bible book by Judy Hall and the Crystals for Beginners book um, by Karen Frazier, they don't have chantalite which is like what how is this even a thing i cannot even i cannot even so i actually did find a site that had chantalite and this is from healingstoneshealingcrystals.com and this is what they have to say it's just a brief little thing it says the peace that passes understanding inner silence harmony that's what chantalite, I guess, is for. And it it associates with all the chakras. It associates with wind and fire elements. It supports recuperation from injury and illness. It dispels stress. It quiets worry and anxiety. It leads one into profound peace and aids meditation and prayer through quieting the mind. Chantalite is the name of a gray agate from Madagascar. The name comes from the Sanskrit shanti, meaning divine peace. Chantalite's currents enter the body like a whoosh or wave of energy rushing through. With that wave comes an immediate flow of peace throughout the body, instilling a state of profound relaxation. Chantalite is an excellent stone for meditation. It can bring one into a state of deep inner silence aiding one in feeling attuned with the living silence of the spiritual realms. It stills the inner dialogue because it's so attractive to the psyche that the thought train tends to dissipate. Chantalite can help one clear the repeating loops of worry and anxiety. 
its deep, slow, loving resonance works to dissolve the vicious circle of tension and worry. A stone of deep peace, Chantelite can be of benefit to those working spiritually to alleviate all sorts of stress-related pathologies. Because it is strong enough to be felt throughout the etheric body, it is ideal for those recuperating from any illness or injury. Chantelite can be an aid to prayer as it quiets the mental side and draws one's attention to the sacred. It helps one find communion with the angelic realm and it aids in the ascension process by bringing one's vibrational field into a state of quiet receptivity and harmony. Chantelite works well with all of the Azeztulites, <laughs> as well as Anandalite, Guardianite, Rosophia, Scolocyte, Danborite, and Petalite. Okay, so that's what they say about Chantelite. And it is a really, really beautiful stone. And thank you, Chrissy Rodriguez, my wonderful friend who bought it for me just on a whim. She was just out about and she found one and thought of me. And that just, that just made me so happy because I don't, I don't really know what I would do. I mean, crystals are just like the best thing. <laughs> I love them. So on to the next crystal. So we're going to talk about lipidolite. And the Crystal Bible book has this stone in it. So what Judy Hall has to say about this is it comes in colors of purple and pink. Its appearance is plate, has plate-like layers and it's slightly shiny or grainy on all sides. It's easily obtained from the United States, the Czech Republic, Brazil, Madagascar, and the Dominican Republic. Lipidolite clears electromagnetic pollution and should be placed on computers to absorb their emanations. When lipidolite takes mica-like form, its properties are greatly amplified, and this is the most efficient mopping up tool. Lipidolite insists on being used for the highest good. It dissipates negativity. It activates and opens the throat, heart, third eye, and crown chakras, clearing blockages and bringing cosmic awareness. This stone aids in shamanic or spiritual journeying and accesses the Akashic Record. It tunes you into thoughts and feelings from other lives that are creating a blockage in your life now. It can take you forward into the future. Lipidolite is extremely useful in the reduction of stress and depression. It halts obsessive thoughts, relieves de despondency, and overcomes insomnia. Lipidolite contains lithium and is helpful in stabilizing mood swings and bipolar disorders. It is excellent for overcoming any kind of emotional or mental dependency, supportive in releasing from addictions and complaints of all kinds, including anorexia. As a stone of transition, it releases and reorganizes old psychological and behavioral patterns, inducing change. Lipidolite encourages independence and achieving goals without outside help. Mentally, lipidolite stimulates the intellect and analytic qualities. With its power of objectivity and its concentration, it speeds up decision-making. Lipidolite focuses on what is important, filtering out extraneous distractions. Emotionally, lipidolite enhances standing in your own space, free from the influences of others. It is a calming stone that soothes sleep disturbances and emotional stress. And emotional stress bringing deep emotional healing. For healing, lipidolite locates the site of dis-ease. 
placed on the body over an area of dis-ease, it vibrates gently. Lipidolite relieves allergies, strengthens the immune system, restructures DNA, and enhances the generation of negative ions. It relieves exhaustion, epilepsy, and Alzheimer's. It numbs sciatica and neuralgia, and overcomes joint problems. It is a detoxifier for the skin and connective tissue. Lipidolite is excellent for the menopause, especially as a gem elixir. I don't know why she says the menopause. It's excellent for menopause. <laughs> Whatever. Especially as a gem elixir. It treats illnesses caused by sick building syndrome or computer stress. You want to place or wear as appropriate and place under a pillow for relief from sleep disturbances. So guys, that covers two crystals of the week. And dude, I'm under 10 minutes. Like, what is happening? What is going on in the world right now that Lorelai's done with two crystals and it's not even at 10 minutes? I don't know. It's going crazy, guys. <laughs> so let's move on then. Oh, and I almost forgot one more thing. My very new segment, Lorelai's Picks. So for this week, I have chosen my favorites, Green Jade and Iron Pirate. So just as a very quick refresher, Pyrite is a very positive stone. This is also from the Crystal Bible book that I'm getting this from. So this is what Judy Hall is saying. It's a very positive stone that it is good for planning large business concepts. It also helps relieve anxiety and frustration and boost self-esteem and self-worth and confidence. And pyrite is good for blood flow to the brain and improves memory and recall. In particular, iron pyrite expands and structures mental capabilities, balancing instinct with intuition, creativity with analysis. So that's iron pyrite. And then green jade is really wonderful for serenity and patience. It symbolizes peace and reflection. And it also is brings inner serenity and patience. It's the stone for slow but steady progress. And it helps people who feel overwhelmed by situations beyond their control. Now, the other two things that are real uh, poignant about these two stones is that they also are ones that are harbingers of luck. And so when I, you combine green jade and iron pyrite, you have a combination of abundance, luck, grounding, wealth and prosperity, positive outcomes in business and in career and pretty much anything else. So it is, if you will, a nice little luck combination. If you're into Harry Potter, it is the Felix Felicis combination. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting a little nerdy. I can't help it. It's it's just it's just who I am. I embrace my nerdiness. But anyway, that's it. Lorelai's picks are green jade and iron pyrite for this week. So let's talk about the quote of the week. And this quote is from Rumi. And he says, Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. Okay. So that covers the crystals of the week and the quote of the week. And I'm still under 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's talk about the new Sabbath, which is Mabon. I may be saying that incorrect. Is it Mabon? Mabon? Either way, it's the second harvest festival on the wheel of the year. The autumn equinox or the mid-harvest festival, as you would say. 
Now, I went to learnreligions.com because I absolutely love Patty Wingington and all of her explanations when it comes to the Wheel of the Year and the different Sabbaths. And I looked up what it is and also rituals to honor the Mabin Festival and also the Dark Mother, which is sort of um, the beginning festival of honoring the Dark Mother, which is sort of in if you've if you've looked into or if you've heard me talk a little bit about the Triple Goddess in the beginning of the year, you know, towards spring we honor the Maiden, summer we honor the Mother, and then towards the end of the year we honor the Crone or the Dark Mother, who is at the end of this year is sort of like if in in terms that we're going here, the end of the lifetime and sort of the wise woman. And so let's talk about, so let's kind of circle on back or as Heather and Frenny like to say, and we're <laughs> loop trailing again. <laughs> I love those girls. Anyway, The Autumn Equinox or Maven by Patty Wingington. So she says, it is the time of the autumn equinox and the harvest is winding down. The fields are nearly empty because the crops have been plucked and stored for the coming winter. Maven is the mid-harvest festival, and it is when we take a few moments to honor the changing seasons and celebrate the second harvest on or around September 21st or March 21st if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. For many pagan and Wiccan traditions, it is a time of giving thanks for the things we have, whether it is abundant crops or other blessings. It is a time of plenty, of gratitude, and of sharing our abundance with those less fortunate. Different rituals and ceremonies. Depending on your individual spiritual path, there are many different ways you can celebrate Mabin, but typically the focus is on either the second harvest aspect or the balance between light and dark. This, after all, is the time when there is an equal amount of day and night. While we celebrate the gifts of the earth, we also accept that the soil is dying. We have food to eat, but the crops are brown and going dormant. Warmth is behind us. Cold lies ahead. Here are a few rituals you may want to think about trying. Remember, any of them can be adapted for either a solitaire practitioner or a small group with just a little planning ahead. Setting up your Maven altar. Celebrate the Maven Sabbath by decorating your altar with the colors and symbols of the late harvest season. Create a Maven food altar. Maven is a celebration of the second harvest season. It's a time when we're gathering the bounty of the fields, the orchards, and the gardens and bringing it in for storage. 10 ways to celebrate the autumn equinox. This is a time of balance and reflection following the theme of equal hours, light and dark. Here are some ways you and your family can celebrate this day of bounty and abundance. Honor the Dark Mother. The ritual welcomes the archetype of the Dark Mother and celebrates the aspect of the goddess, which we may not always find comforting or appealing, but which we must always be willing to acknowledge. So I wanted—I actually looked her up just to kind of understand her a little bit more for you guys, okay? And then we'll go right back. So this is also by Patty Wingington. It's Maven Ritual to Honor the Dark Mother. And I probably won't go into the ritual to honor the Dark Mother because we have a whole bunch more to talk about with Maven. So this is what she says about the archetype, the Dark Mother. 
Demeter and Persephone are strongly connected to the time of the autumn equinox. When Hades abducted Persephone, it set in motion a chain of events that eventually led to the earth falling into darkness each winter. This is the time of the Dark Mother, the crone aspect of the triple goddess. The goddess is bearing the goddess is bearing this time not a basket of flowers, but a sickle and a scythe. She is prepared to reap what has been sown. The earth dies a little each day, and we must embrace this slow descent into dark before we can truly appreciate the light that will return in a few months. The ritual welcomes the archetype of the Dark Mother and celebrates that aspect of the goddess which we may now always find comforting or appealing, but which we must always be willing to acknowledge. Many magical traditions honor a goddess associated with darkness and shadows, and they are sometimes called upon in ritual to help a practitioner heal from trauma or fear. So that's a little bit more about the Dark Mother. I mean, it's very, very brief, and then she goes over sort of a ritual that you can honor her. But let's continue on with Mabin, shall we? So the Mabin Apple Harvest Rite. This apple ritual will allow you to time allow you time to thank the gods for their bounty and blessings and to enjoy the magic of the earth before the winds of winter blow through. Hearth and home protection ritual. This ritual is a simple one designed to place a barrier of harmony and security around your property hold a gratitude ritual. You might want to consider doing a short gratitude ritual as a way of expressing thankfulness at Mabin. Autumn full moon. Group ceremonies. This rite is written for a group of four people or more to celebrate the full moon phases of the fall. Mabin balance meditation. If you're feeling a bit spiritually lopsided with a simple meditation, you can restore a little balance into your life traditions and trends. Interested in learning about some of the traditions behind the celebrations of September? Find out why Mabin is important. Learn the legends of Persephone and Demeter and explore the magic of apples and more. Also, don't forget to read up on ideas for celebrating with your family, how Mabin is celebrated around the world, and the reasons why you'll see so many pagans at your favorite Renaissance festival. Now, if you guys have never been to a Renaissance fair, you gotta go. It is literally one of the coolest things I've ever been to ever in my life. <laughs> I will never forget those gigantic turkey legs that they would sell there. I mean, I swear to God, those things were like as big as my arm. And then people would, you would actually get to dress up in medieval costume. And oh my God, I always begged my mom to let me dress up as one of the women in the festivals and she would never let me do it. <laughs> Maybe because most of the women had like their boobs kind of hanging out and they would usually have like flowers or something in their cleavage or like someone would have like a giant pickle and like men would come up and bite the pickle. And I think maybe she was a little freaked out about that. So that might be why. <laughs> Whatever. Just a little, just a little look into Lorelai's past. <laughs> with the renaissance fair either way it's fantastic there's jousting there's lots of different like activities and things it is freaking cool so anyway moving forward maven history the idea of a harvest festival is nothing new let's look at some of the old histories behind the seasonal celebrations the origin the origins of the word maven there's a lot of spirited conversation in the pagan community as to where the word Mabin originates. While some of us would like to think that it's an old and ancient name for the celebration, there's no evidence to indicate that there's anything other than modern. 
celebrating Mabin with kids. If you've got kids at home, try celebrating Mabin with some of these family-friendly and kid-appropriate ideas. Mabin celebrations around the world. She keeps like doing like these simple little, like, you know, little sentences with it instead of giving me some like meat and potatoes here and I'm getting a little frustrated. <laughs> Renaissance fairs and then Michaelmas, although it's not a pagan holiday in the true sense, Michaelmas celebrations often includes older aspects of pagan harvest customs such as the weaving of corn dolls from the last sheaves of grain. Ooh, the gods of the vine. Mabin is a popular time to celebrate winemaking and deities connected to the growth of the vine. Ooh. I will definitely look into that particular way of celebrating. (laughs) Pomona, goddess of apples. Pomona was a Roman goddess who was the keeper of orchards and fruit trees. Okay. Scarecrows, although they haven't always looked the way they do now, scarecrows have been around a long time and have been used in a number of different cultures. Okay, let me see if I can find some more stuff here about Mabin because... She just kind of says, read about this and look about that. And I'm like, well, where is it? Because I kind of want to read about it. <laughs> okay, let's see. Folklore and traditions. That's that's what we want to look at. Okay. So, celebrating Mabin with kids. Celebrating Mabin around the world. How about origins of Mabin? Let's look at that. Let's look at where it, the word Mabin came from. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about, you guys. Okay, so two days a year, the northern and southern hemisphere receives the same amount of sunlight. Not only that, each receives the same amount of light as they do dark. This is because the earth is tilted at a right angle to the sun, and the sun is directly over the equator. In Latin, the word equinox translates to equal night. The autumn equinox, or maben, takes place on or near September 21st, and its spring counterpart falls around March 21st. If you're in this northern hemisphere, the days will be getting shorter after the autumn equinox and the nights will grow longer. In the southern hemisphere, the reverse is true. The idea of a harvest festival is nothing new. In fact, people have celebrated it for a millennia all around the world. In ancient Greece, Oscophoria, I think that's right, Oscophoria, was a festival held in the fall to celebrate the harvesting of grapes for wine. In the 1700s, the Bavarians came up with Oktoberfest. Ooh! Oh, I love Oktoberfest. That's like one of my most favorite holidays, apart from Halloween or Samhain, you know, because that's another Sabbath, which actually begins in the last week of September. And it was a time of great feasting and merriment still in existence today. China's mid-autumn festival is celebrated on the night of the harvest moon and is a festival of honoring family unit. Oh, I'm sorry, family unity. So sorry, giving thanks. Although the traditional American holiday of Thanksgiving falls in November, many cultures see the second harvest time of the fall equinox as a time of giving thanks. After all, it's when you figure out how well your crops did, how fat your animals have gotten, and how whether or not your family will be able to eat during the coming winter. However, by the end of November, there's not a whole lot left to harvest. Originally, the American Thanksgiving holiday was celebrated on October 3rd, which makes a lot more sense agriculturally. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued his Thanksgiving proclamation, which changed the date to the last Thursday in November. In 1939, Franklin Delano Roosevelt adjusted it yet again, making it the second to last Thursday in the hopes of boosting post-depression holiday sales. Unfortunately, all this did was confuse people. 
two years later, Congress finalized it, saying that the fourth Thursday of November would be Thanksgiving each year. Well, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense, but still, it's like historically, it should be like October 3rd, but you know, whatever. We're going to go with it. <laughs> Symbols of the season. The harvest is a time of thanks and also a time of balance. After all, there are equal hours of daylight and darkness. While we celebrate the gifts of the earth, we also accept that the soil is dying. We have food to eat, that the crops are brown and going dormant. Warmth is behind us, cold lies ahead. Some symbols of Mabin include mid-autumn vegetables like squashes, eggplants, pumpkins, and gourds, apples, and anything made from them, such as cider, pies, applesauce, apple butter, or even dried apples, seeds, nuts, and seed pods, Baskets symbolizing the gathering of crops. Bushel baskets are easy to find if you live in an agricultural region with a lot of orchards nearby. Sickles, scythes, and other harvesting tools. Grapes, vines, and wine. You can use any of these to decorate your home or your altar at Maven. Feasting and friends. Early agricultural societies understood the importance of hospitality. It was crucial to develop a relationship with your neighbors because they might be the ones to help when you or your family run out of food. Many people, particularly in the rural villages, celebrated the harvest with great deals of feasting, drinking, and eating. After all, the grain had been made into bread, beer, and wine had been made, and the cattle were brought down from the summer pastures for the coming winter. Celebrate Mabon yourself with a feast, and the bigger, the better. Magic and mythology. Okay, here's the good stuff, yeah. Nearly all of the myths and legends popular at this time of the year focus on the themes of life, death, and rebirth. Not much of a surprise when you consider that this is the time at which the earth begins to die before winter sets in. Demeter and her daughter. Perhaps the best known of all the harvest mythologies is the story of Demeter and Persephone. Demeter was a goddess of grain and the harvest in ancient Greece. Her daughter, Persephone, caught the eye of Hades, god of the underworld. When Hades abducted Persephone and took her back to the underworld, Demeter's grief caused the crops on earth to die and go dormant. By the time she finally recovered her daughter, Persephone had eaten six pomegranate seeds and so was doomed to spend six months of the year in the underworld. These six months are the time when the earth dies, beginning at the time of the autumn equinox. Inanna takes on the underworld. The Sumerian goddess Inanna is the incarnation of fertility and abundance. Inanna descended into the underworld where her sister, Ereshkigal, oh, I think that's right, Ereshkigal, ruled. Ereshkigal decreed that Inanna could only enter her world in the traditional ways, stripping herself of her clothing and earthly possessions. By the time Inanna got there, Ereshkigal had unleashed a series of plagues upon her sister, killing Inanna. While Inanna was visiting the underworld, the earth ceased to grow and produce. A vizier restored Inanna to life and sent her back to the earth. As she journeyed home, the earth was restored to its former glory. Modern celebrations. For contemporary druids, this is the celebration of uh, Alban F. Elfed. <laughs> Sorry, I got tripped up on that, that one. Alban Elfed, which is a time of balance between the light and the dark. Many Asatru groups, A S A T R U, Asatru groups honor the fall equinox as winter nights, a festival sacred to Freya. 
For most Wiccans and neo-pagans, this is a time of community and kinship. It's not uncommon to find a pagan Pride Day celebration tied with Mabin. Often PPD organizers include a food drive as part of their festivities to celebrate the bounty of the harvest and to share with the less fortunate. If you choose to celebrate Mabin, give thanks for the things you have and take time to reflect on the balance within your own life, honoring both the darkness and the light. Invite your friends and family over for a feast and count the blessings that you have amongst kin and community. So that pretty much covers like the history of Mabin. And, you know, they go over a little bit more of like how to set up a food altar and how to set up a, a just a regular Maven altar. Let's see if there is so rites, rituals, and ways to celebrate Maven, Maven, the autumn equinox. Let's see if there's anything interesting on this one. I didn't like that she was just kind of lifting off a whole bunch of stuff and then, you know, then I was like, well, I don't know. There's nothing really to talk about on this one. So let's see if there's anything interesting on this one that we can talk about here. Find some balance, hold a food drive, pick some apples, count your blessings, honor the darkness. Ooh. Without darkness, there's no light. Without night, there can be no day. Despite a basic human need to overlook the dark, there's many positive aspects to embracing the dark side. Anybody get a little bit like Star Wars-y just now? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It was just for a short time. After all, it was Demeter's love for her daughter, Persephone, that led her to the one wander the world, mourning for six months at a time, bringing us the death of the soil each fall. In some paths, Mabin is the time year that celebrates the crone aspects of the Truian, Triune goddesses. Sorry. Triune goddesses. Celebrate a ritual that honors that aspect of the goddess, which may not always find comforting or appealing, which we must always be willing to acknowledge. Call upon the gods and goddesses of the dark night and ask for their blessings this time of year. Get back to nature. Tell timeless stories. So, you know, you can tell about uh, Demeter and Persephone. Raise some energy. Celebrate hearth and home. Welcome the gods of the vine. Let's see, what is that one? Grapes are everywhere. So it's no surprise that the Maven season is a popular time to celebrate winemaking and deities connected to the growth of the vine. Whether you see him as Bacchus, which is the one that I immediately thought of. I don't know about you guys, but Bacchus is the one that I always think of. If you guys have ever seen, <laughs> if you guys ever seen Fantasia and you know how they did this whole thing with the music and everything and they had all these old Greek gods and goddesses and one of them was this little cartoon of Bacchus and he had like he was this fat guy and he had all these grapes around his head and he was drinking all the wine and meanwhile Zeus is throwing all his thunderbolt their thunder and lightning bolts wow thunderbolts wow Lorelai <laughs> lightning bolts anyway and it's just reminded me of that, that every time I think of Bacchus, I think of that little fat guy <laughs> with the grapes around his head, drinking a lot of wine, uh, Dionysus and the green man or some other vegetative god. The god of the vine is a key archetype in harvest celebrations. Take a tour of a local winery and see what it is they do this time of year. Better yet, try your hand at making your own wine. Oof, that is... 
that is ambitious. <laughs> I don't really know. Like I've watched, I've watched my husband make beer and dude, it is a freaking process. Let me tell you. And you have to be so like sterile with everything. If like anytime you introduce any kind of bacteria, the whole thing goes to pot. It's just bananas. <laughs> so I can imagine wine is somewhat similar. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, more power to you if you have the wherewithal to make some alcohol. I, I applaud you and give you high fives from over on my neck of the woods. If you're not into wine, that's okay. You can still enjoy the bounty of grapes and use their leaves and vines for recipes and craft projects. However, you celebrate these deities of vine and vegetation, you may want to leave a small offering of thanks as you reap the benefits of the grape harvest. All right, you guys. So I think that that pretty much covers Mabin. It is the second harvest festival. You know, you can start busting out all those fall decorations, you know, burn some incense, make some pumpkin deliciousness, you know, maybe mostly apple deliciousness, right? Because, you know, that's more appropriate for Mabin. But anyway, that's it that covers this week's episode and i hope that you really enjoy talking about mabin the second harvest festival and i hope that we're all settling into some cooler temperatures and you know getting used to the idea of things becoming more crisp and wonderful and i love fall i gotta tell you fall is my absolute favorite time of year so lorelei's a little bit giddy over here <laughs> that we're moving into the beautiful fall season but at any rate love you all so so much thank you so much for listening again and i look forward to talking at you next week with more amazing metaphysical topics also if you feel like it there is a meditation waiting for you at the end of this episode so if you're interested in meditation then just keep on listening it'll come to you and you can do some meditating before we move on to the rest of the week at any rate, thank you all again. Look forward to talking to you again in a week and love and light to you all.
Find a comfortable seated or position laying down. Begin to settle into your body and breathing into your belly to help you find this. Place your hands on your belly and feel the rise and fall of your stomach as you breathe in and out. Inhale through your nose slowly, deeply, and evenly. Hold your breath for a few moments at the top and exhale through your mouth deeply allowing your stomach to fall in towards your spine. Take a few moments to allow your mind to settle in. Whatever stresses of work, school, family, friends, lovers, or partners are tangled in your mind, allow them to slowly unravel and be released back out with your exhaled breath. Allowing your mind to focus solely on the rhythm and deepness of your breathing. Do a brief scan of your body to allow everything to completely relax, starting with your head and scalp, your brow, your lips and jaw, your neck, your shoulders and arms, your wrists, hands, fingers, your chest, your upper back, your belly, your mid-back, your lower back, your hips and thighs, tops of your legs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, the tops and bottoms of your feet, your heels and your toes. Allow everything to release into complete relaxation. Embrace the calmness and simplicity of your breathing to be what your mind centers around now. You are settling into a calm, relaxed, and balanced state.
today we are going to focus on letting thought patterns and negative past circumstances go and manifesting new opportunities. As you sit, allow your mind to imagine one or even two things that you feel are weighing you down in this moment. This could be anything. Only allow one or two today. These things could make you feel anxious, depressed, angry, stressed, or sad. Simply acknowledge these feelings and as you do, imagine where these feelings are located in your body. Where are you feeling the discomfort? Take a moment to feel and locate where they are in your body. Once you have visualized these places, imagine a cord that goes from that area in your body to the actual source of your discomfort and anchoring. As you visualize this cord and the source, now imagine that you cut through this cord that is connecting you to this source. And as you do this, say out loud, I have learned the lesson that I needed to learn from this. And I release what does not serve me. As you cut through the cord, see the place where the cord attached to you begin to glow green and gold where it is already beginning to heal. As it moves back into your body and it begins to heal, imagine it glows a bright diamond white and you are whole once more. Now, imagine one or two things that you wish to manifest into your life brings you great joy. This could be anything. A job opportunity. Traveling. Finding new friendships or interests. Or even romantic love. Take a moment to imagine what that looks like. As you materialize this desire, imagine yourself holding a rope made of gold or even lightning. When you are ready, you will throw one end of this rope to this desire and it will wrap around the source of your desire. As it catches the source, say out loud, what I desire is seeking me, 
and I see my desires manifest before my eyes each day. You may pull the rope closer to you, or you may let it be. Each night, for a brief moment, imagine pulling the source of your desire closer to you as you take a few deep breaths and before you fall asleep. You are able to create that which you desire. You are capable of anything and everything. You are powerful and magnificent and your desires are right before you. Inhale all of your power into your belly and hold it in at the top of your inhale, allowing every molecule of your manifestation to saturate your being. And exhale the last remnants of any stress or negativity that may be lingering in the corners of your mind. Inhale once more, and as you do, begin to allow your mind to come back to being awake. And as you exhale, exhale into your day feeling full of hope, life, and confidence. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. 
As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.